Welcome to Sunday on Monday, the best show about cannabis banking that you can listen to any day of the week. Brought to you by Safe Harbor Financial, the leaders in cannabis banking, providing compliant cannabis banking programs for longer than anyone else in the industry. Experience the benefits that come with in-depth, specialized industry expertise. That's right. As I mentioned, you can listen to Sunday on Monday any day of the week, including Tuesday, as we round out May. And of course, we did not drop the show on Monday this month in deference to the Memorial Day holiday. Of course, on the podcast, you get so much great educational information. However, you have to check out the new Safe Harbor Financial website. There is so much more information there. If you are in the cannabis marketplace, the Safe Harbor Financial shfinancial.org has got to be on your list of web favorites, and I have the website link right there in the episode description. On this episode, we're going to be talking to Kim Seafried, a.k.a. Kimmer Seafried, that's Sunday's sister, and Amanda McComb. Amanda has been with Sunday and Safe Harbor from the very beginning, and we're going to talk to these two young ladies about onboarding, and then how Safe Harbor manages and services their growing list of clients. And then we'll round out the show by asking Sunday, in the rapidly expanding cannabis marketplace, how do you retain the best employees that have that tremendous combination of experience and talent? Well, I wanted to start with Kimmer, and if you if you haven't listened to all the episodes, the reason we call her Kimmer Seafried is there is another Kim, Kim Oliver, that works for Safe Harbor, who has also been with Safe Harbor since the very beginning. And I wanted to ask Kimmer about onboarding, and what surprised me, first of all, was that when I first got to know Safe Harbor, I thought they only serviced accounts in Colorado. I found out that's not true at all. Yes, we are definitely in most every state that it's legal. And right now, I think there's only three states that does not have some form of legal cannabis, hemp, or CBD. So we are very, very much in a lot of states. Unlike other types of bank accounts, there's a lot of due diligence involved in opening up a cannabis account, and the onboarding is a little different. And so I asked Kimmer to tell us about the process. Uh, That process could go really quickly depending on the client, or it could take a lot of time. Um, There's so many things that we do have to collect for due diligence. It's very similar to when um, they do an application at the state for their marijuana license, we collect a lot of the same documentation. So it would be similar to if you went in to open up a business account for any typical business, plus a lot more due diligence, like the application that you submit to the state, um, your marijuana license, we have to get a lease, uh, we have to really drill down on the ownership. Um, There's a lot more due diligence that we have to do, and I think Amanda will talk to this in a little bit. But we followed the the FinCEN guidelines that they put out there in 2015 for us to be able to even bank the cannabis clients. As you mentioned, everyone's busy. Everybody wants this process to go smoothly, the process of onboarding. You've been doing this for a while. What are some of the sticking points? What are some things that people can do to make sure that the process does go smoothly? Um, I think one of the the hardest things for a client to get through the onboarding process is they are really, really busy trying to make their business successful. Uh, Their their time is very limited, 
And then also there are multiple people that have information that is needed. So they may have some of their documents in accounting. They may have some over at their um, legal representation office. So they don't have everything in one location, and so they have to go hunt these down, which takes up even more time. So, of course, being organized and understanding that it is a process is a big help. Well, that's, for the most part, things go smoothly. Onboarding goes great. Now the accounts have to be serviced. And so we're going to turn to Amanda McComb. And I asked Amanda, I said, you know, if I was opening a small business today, a dry cleaner or a plumbing company, it's not so complicated, small business account. However, with cannabis, it's different, isn't it? And that's for a variety of different reasons, but mostly because it's still federally illegal and there still is black market activity that happens in the cannabis space, even when they have tried to legitimize the market in each of the different states. You heard Amanda mention that cannabis is still illegal at the federal level. However, I have been laboring under the misconception that once a state had legalized recreational use of cannabis, that all of the concerns about black market activity went away. And I found out that's not true by a long shot. Mm -hmm. That's correct. <laughs> um, we all were kind of hoping that that would happen. Is that, um, is that, is that laughing in the background? <laughs> I, 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 yes, yes, it is. Well, you heard both Amanda and Kimmer laughing. I did. I thought once it was legalized in a state like Colorado or some other state that all the concerns and all the scrutiny about the black market went away. And that applies both to the onboarding process and while you're actually managing these accounts. And so I wanted to ask Amanda, why is the concern about the black market, why does that concern continue even in a state where the recreational use has been legalized? Well, there's uh, multiple reasons, but mostly it's just very expensive to operate in the legitimate space. There's taxation that happens with 280E, that they pay a lot in taxes, a lot of other things like merchant processing and payroll and all of typical you know, business functions mm -hmm. aren't easily accessible, and there's not as many companies that are willing to take on cannabis industry. And so it's very expensive. Um, there's lots of regulation to follow. It just is a very complicated space that, you know, the black market doesn't have any of those expectations right. and more more profit. And of course, there are no regulators or compliance officers or expectations about those things in the black market. Next, I wanted to ask Amanda, there's very, very different parts of the cannabis marketplace. There are the dispensaries, but there are also the people that actually grow and cultivate cannabis, grow the actual product. I asked her, is there a difference in the two, it, how you bank somebody that owns a dispensary versus somebody that basically owns a cannabis farm, a production, an ancillary business? There are differences between the different types of business that you're in, whether you are selling directly to the consumer. Most of that is what you'll report to your financial institution for the backup mm -hmm. of what those sales are. As far as ancillary goes, if it's a company that just serves licensed companies and isn't necessarily licensed themselves, there's less due diligence that we do, but still more than we do for a regular business account because of the association with cannabis. 
Well, once all of the due diligence has been done and the client has been successfully onboarded, I wanted to ask Amanda, what can a client expect when they're banking with Safe Harbor Financial? Well, we have a private banking model, and we decided to go into the industry with that private banking model for multiple reasons, one of which was a very specific service-oriented for these businesses who largely have been shut out of the financial institution space. And so we really encourage our, any of our private bankers that work for us to really engage, be available for clients, and really be their one point of contact for the relationship as a whole. And so whereas with consumer accounts or other others that we serve, they would come to a call center or somebody who could direct them throughout the institution. For Safe Harbor Financial, it's really a one person that will find the answers for you, even if it's not their expertise. They will search through the institution to get your answer for you. Along with that, they all have cell phones and the capacity to work remotely. So there's always contingency plans if the banker's out of the office. They have one person as a backup, and then we have multiple layers of management to assist in any of the any of those service concerns or issues or anything new that we could provide to the cannabis space. Obviously, we're looking to expand services as the industry more normalizes and we see more states come and serve a legitimate market. Well, undoubtedly, you're going to find the best cannabis banking professionals at Safe Harbor Financial, but it's also fun to find out something about them when they're not working. And I asked Amanda, you know, what kind of music have you been listening? What kind of shows you've been watching? And I found out it's not so much music that she's been listening to, but rather been listening to a lot of podcasts, oddly enough. Everyone tells me that, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone I've really been enjoying Smartless. If you haven't heard, you should try it out. It's pretty entertaining. I'll check it out. Yeah. All right. And then I asked Kimmer, how does she spend the limited few minutes of free time that she has every day? Um, actually, I'm more into the book on tapes right now. Oh, so okay. I love to do my books, but Amanda actually turned me on to podcasts, too. But I tend to do, like, the crime junkies. (laughs) Same here. I I love the true crime. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And before we closed out the show with Sunday, I did want to thank Kimmer and Amanda for joining us on the Sunday on Monday podcast. Thanks, Jason. It was good to catch up. Thank you. Have a great day. I always enjoy catching up with the team at Safe Harbor Financial. But as I watch the cannabis marketplace, the banking aspect of the cannabis marketplace expanding so very quickly. I had to ask Sunday, as the marketplace grows, so too does the competition for talent, that rare combination of experience and professionalism that everybody on the Safe Harbor team has. And so I asked her, what is your retention strategy for the great team members that you have? And I found out a lot of it is based on the fact that Safe Harbor Financial is going public and is going to be listed on the NASDAQ. And so Sunday talked about that. That's always a good question when you have specialized talent. And especially in today's market, we're seeing a lot of expansion into the cannabis financial services area. And it's going to be really important for us to keep our present talent on staff. So we have some other great employees like Amanda and Kim that have been hardworking and dedicated for a long time with Safe Harbor Financial. Of course, Amanda, as we know, has been there day one 
right next to me on this journey through the most difficult of times and has never wavered on her decision. Even when I've asked her, she just has held strong. That's a type of loyalty and dedication all organizations want, and it's definitely the type I can appreciate. Moving into the arena of a public company and on the NASDAQ, really provides us an opportunity to do more for our employees. And we intend to do so because they are important to our success. And we do appreciate the work that they put in every day. So even though we used to be not-for-profit and didn't have any type of stock option plan, we're pretty excited that we're going to be able to put a stock option plan together for our employees to further motivate them to be dedicated and loyal to Safe Harbor Financial and help move us to the success that we have projected. We are really looking forward to this and I know the employees are excited because I've talked to them personally in terms of it's forthcoming it's not here yet we got to close the deal but as soon as we do you will know about this plan and we're glad to have you with us at this point in time so i think the stock option plan that we're going to put out there for all of our employees is going to be a real motivating factor for them to remain on staff with safe harbor It went by kind of fast, but you heard Sunday talking about how she was meeting with the employees and talking with them one-on-one. One of the reasons Safe Harbor Financial has been so successful was that early on in the very early days, Sunday was very transparent with her board, with the board of directors at Partner Colorado Credit Union. When this whole thing got started and it continues to this very day, it really is an object lesson in leadership. When you listen to this podcast and when you listen to the Safe Harbor story, and it's also an object lesson on teamwork. It doesn't make any sense to have the best dispensary or the best product, whatever it might be, and not have the best banking professionals behind you and that's exactly what you get with safe harbor financial and now as they are headed towards going public they're going to be able to retain the best employees and the best cannabis banking brand is just going to get better and nobody wants to do business with the second best of any thing and if you'll permit me this final observation i've been in the professional workforce long enough that i lived through the whole dot-com thing in banking and out of nowhere all of these companies showed up ready to service this new type of banking the ability to check your balance online and i sort of feel that way about the cannabis marketplace right now there's a lot of people rushing into it You can't fake experience. You can't hashtag experience. You can't download experience and you can't get experience from Amazon Prime. What Safe Harbor has built is the most experienced team and brand in cannabis banking. There's hardly any way to dispute that. And thank you once again to listening to Sunday on Monday, the best show about cannabis banking that you can listen to any day of the week. Please check out the new website. As I mentioned, it's embedded right there in the episode description. My name is Jason Dyson. Until next month, take care.